0: This is the Launch and Scale podcast, the home of some of the best e-commerce advice on the internet today. Whether you're launching your first product or scaling your existing storefront, we include conversations from industry experts, best practices, and practical tips to help you run a profitable e-commerce brand online today. I'm your host, Kirsten, and my mission is to create 100 seven-figure brands by 2027. If you're going to be one of them, be sure to subscribe and not miss another episode. By the way, for more resources and information on how to work with us, go to launchandscale.co. Remember that's .co, not .com. Apart from that, let's get into the episode. This thing afterwards in Messenger to say like, hey man, thanks for the tips. We just raised $400,000 on the first day. And now that campaign has surpassed 1.5 million. And ever since I saw that, I was like, Greg is a master of email. Yeah, that's a topic we don't talk a lot to, uh, a lot on this channel about. Hey, are you an e-commerce brand that is wondering if you should even bother building your email list or do you feel like you're getting nowhere with your email list? Today, I have a really awesome interview with Greg Johnson where we're actually gonna dig into what goes into email and if it's even a path that you should consider. So let's go. Um, But the reason why we I asked him to come on the podcast and YouTube um, interview is because he posted something on Facebook a few weeks ago about um, a campaign on Kickstarter that he um, took a sales call for because Greg does help a few Kickstarter campaigns and e-commerce brands with email strategy. And he ends up getting on a consulting call with this uh, founder and the founder didn't end up hiring Greg, but the founder shared this this thing afterwards in Messenger to say like, hey, man, thanks for the tips. We just raised $400,000 on the first day. And now that campaign has surpassed 1.5 million. And ever since I saw that I was like, Greg is a master of email. Yeah, that's a topic we don't talk a lot to uh, a lot on this channel about. And so Greg is here today to really talk about why you should reconsider your email marketing strategy if it's not something that has worked for you, or how to get more sales out of your email list. And while that is the focus today, Greg is a man of many talents. He's had a lot of success in the business world. And I'm going to shut up and see if I missed anything, but it's so good to have you here.
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. Um, No, that was a great intro. I'll take it.
0: Yeah. Check. Intro. Done. I'm always awkward to get started with that, but that's okay. So, um, I guess Greg, what I'd love to know is how did, why did you decide to start Email Magic and kind of focus that for your endeavor right now? Yeah,
1: great question. So, I I continue to operate a business, an online e-commerce business with my wife, and mm-hmm. um, you know even though we are building a team to take on a lot of the day-to-day operations, so that we can kind of stay in the strategy seat. I do a lot of the marketing myself because I really enjoy it, and I feel like I have a, a, a pretty decent skill set in this area. And over the years, many other business owners have asked for advice for uh, mentorship, kind of in this in this area, really having to do with the the strategies that we use to communicate with customers. and the primary channel for that I feel is email. So what I wanted to do recently was kind of formalize the way that I help people mm-hmm. and kind of turn that into its own business, right so that it that it's going it to be self sustainable um, You know, full disclosure, if somebody like messages me with a question, I'm gonna answer it. But I did need to put kind of like a, a container or a boundary on on um, a lot of what I was doing for it to make sense. so I, I created the the brand email magic as the container that I can help other business owners in right with with a lot of, like I said, customer messaging strategy and some other digital marketing stuff, but really the focus is on email marketing.
0: Yeah, I love that. And one pushback I get with email, um, not even pushback, but I'll talk to some brand owners who say, yeah, my email list is thriving. We have an open rate of 10% and we haven't emailed them in three months and it's fine. We have others that say, is an email dead? We have others that keep hammering their list with emails and no customers buy. And there's obviously a lot of stuff that we could dig into today. But um, the first mental roadblock I want to go through is email marketing. Is it even something that people should focus on these days with the, Uh, the rise of SMS and obviously the performance of that and messaging just on different channels. Like where does email fit in the strategy now?
1: Absolutely. Uh, First of all, I highly recommend SMS. It's a great tool, but it's, it's a different tool than email. There are different levels of intimacy with email versus SMS, and it's a lot easier to burn people on SMS. And so it's, I, I would say it's even more of a depreciating asset than email. Like you're, you're going to have an even higher unsubscribe rate there. So, yeah. Yeah. which means you have to have a much higher acquisition rate. So it, it's just a different game. And I, I don't think it would be an either or type scenario. I think you should have both. Um, so is email relevant? Absolutely. Uh, the last, I, there are many organizations that that publish um, studies around, you know, effectiveness of email and conversion rate and all of that stuff. And email is still the number one sales tool for e-commerce. So even, even with social media and SMS and, and, you know, direct mail, all all the other things that we can do, um, email is still the most effective thing. So um, I think it would be silly not to have it.
0: Yeah. And to you, how does email differ from SMS.
1: I think that email is is a better long-term relationship cultivation tool. So SMS is awesome for, for instantaneous notification communication. But I mean SMS is limited. I mean you're 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 paying for each character that you send, right? So some of the, the longer form type messages that can really help to convert people to your brand, like to, to build a raving fan base, you don't necessarily have the same power in SMS. And if you were trying, even if you paid the SMS fees to, to send a longer form content, people don't want to see that in that channel. And so they're they're going to leave. So it's just a different communication tool Mm -hmm. that allows you some, some different opportunities And, you know, I I think we can move into this um, down the road, but really my entire perspective about email is yes, it's, it's great. Like we can get sales conversions from it and we should, but the real power in email is our ability to, like I said, to, to use it as a way to kind of convert people into raving fans. Um, Because. You know, no, no matter what business we're running, we have to constantly be acquiring new customers for the most part, which is expensive mm-hmm. or time consuming or difficult. I mean, there's a number of ways to do it, but it's it's difficult. And a lot of people put their entire focus on acquisition. And yeah. I think a lot of us at least have the the like the understanding but maybe not understand what to do with this. But the real value in our customer list is in that in in having repeat purchases and having lifetime customer value, people that come back again and again and again for years on end.
0: Or nurturing that happens on your list because 98% of people that come to your website for the first time do not buy. So if you do not have a way to nurture, and email is how we nurture and get someone to a point where maybe four months down the road, they buy your product because they've now been following you for a while. Because they just weren't ready on day one.
1: Absolutely, and that is just having that appreciation and being okay with a longer sales cycle, knowing that, you're, that there's more customer value in the long run if if you're patient. Like that's that's the whole philosophy that I want to bring to bear, and that is that is what I want to use email for uh, when I you know in my own brand and working with other people.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, So I know that we're going to get some questions about that launch if we don't get into that first. So I'd love to talk about, because look, email marketing, we can have an eight hour discussion on it. So I'd love to first look at the product launch. So Mm -hmm. um, what were the conditions going into that? Like existing content creator, existing audience, Mm
1: -hmm. right? Certainly. Yeah. I would, I would love to talk about this. So um, this, this, this content creator reached out to me, um, in March, 2022, mm-hmm. and he had been referred basically to, to talk to me about how to use, um, you know, how to run a launch for something big. Um, he had an existing audience, uh, pretty, pretty big audience at that point. He had about 50,000 YouTube subscribers, mm-hmm. um, you know, several thousand on Instagram, a couple other channels. And he was creating, uh, he was creating content for the um, Dungeons and Dragons community. And fun. just
0: his,
1: his YouTube content was kind of like infotainment, right? Just he was using YouTube shorts, kind of calling out interesting or obscure rules about the game and, and just kind of inside baseball stuff for people in that world. And Mm -hmm. then he would occasionally, uh, create content that other players could use in the game and offer it as either a free digital download or something that somebody could pay a couple bucks for right and he had built up a, a respectable following on Patreon people paying him a couple bucks a month for digital downloads and mm-hmm. i mean it was it was pretty decent monthly revenue but he he came to me saying look i i want to do something big i want to Put together something that is um, much more comprehensive in terms of content, almost like a like a book type um, level of content. And I'd like to launch it. I'm looking at Kickstarter. Um, and so basically, the advice that I gave them is: you already have a fantastic audience asset. You have people who are who are listening to you, who who enjoy what you're doing, they enjoy what you're creating. So it's really just a matter of organizing the audience around a particular launch, right? So you with, yeah. with a particular timeline. and so I kind of outlined some of the the, the strategy around a launch like a, around how to do a good Kickstarter, you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, setting a pro- an appropriate funding goal and having having um, different background levels that made sense for what you wanted to do mm-hmm. and then basically saying, set this up. So that you can contact these people through email and crush it on day one, and then you know we can we can see where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, so he took really good notes <laughs> during our call and
0: it, it paid off, right? It for paid him? Off.
1: Yeah, we we <laughs> didn't end up working together in a formal way, but he messaged me. we uh, we we're in, we're in. He messaged me in July as they were launching. Yeah, just to to say thank you for the call that we have had. He'd implemented the advice and they did 400,000 something something, like on day one. And like you mentioned at the top, as we record this, they're over $1.5 million.
0: And it's the perfect Kickstarter campaign. Existing creator, existing audience knows what his audience wants and creates something in the Dungeons and Dragons space. Like that, that is just, that's Kickstarter for you. So yes. So glad he did that because that was that was a really good move for him.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, he 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 was able to bring something to market that his audience craved. I mean, it, it, it's not like he was forcing anything on them. He created comprehensive content that that they'd basically been asking him for mm-hmm. all along. And uh, I mean, he it, it was just it was just perfectly executed. I, yeah. I think you and I both looking at what he did were like, wow, that's textbook.
0: Yeah. Well, it's really good. And did he, I, it sounds like he didn't, but do you know if he built up his audience a little bit or did he really just do a launch to his existing audience?
1: I checked his audience numbers after he sent me that message and he had grown his audience substantially between March and July. So in July he had, he was up to a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers.
0: No way. Okay. So he did yeah. a big push before.
1: He did, but I, I I don't, and again, we didn't speak in detail. And so I don't yeah. know what that looked like, but just kind of looking at his, his recent content, it was, he had just doubled down on, on what was working, creating yeah. those YouTube shorts that drove a ton of engagement, ton of sharing. And it looks like that that content is really what the audience was based on.
0: We're seeing on our own channel, significant growth after implementing a short strategy. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, that's a whole other video, but um, guys are releasing content on the channel about YouTube shorts very shortly. So if you'd like to learn more, let me know uh, below. But so going into um, the really cool season we're going into right now, which is Q4. Um, Fourth quarter for e-com sellers that don't know, it's the holiday season. It is your biggest sales opportunity between Black Friday, uh, Cyber Monday, Christmas, New Year, etc. And um, one opportunity that I keep talking to brands about now is I'll get on a call with someone and they will say, yep, we're like ready to go for Q4, and I'll ask them about their, their audience. And they'll say, well, we haven't emailed in six months. Our audience isn't super engaged. And I'm like, ooh, you're about to hit them with a bunch of offers when your email list isn't gonna to respond to anything. So Q4 and getting ready and really re-engaging your audience is very, very similar to the strategy that goes into a product launch. Can we talk about maybe how you would re-engage in existing brands, um, just put you on the spot here, but to re-engage like an existing brands list to make sure it's actually going to perform when it comes Christmas time when they want to capitalize on Q4.
1: Absolutely. Uh, that, that's a that's a great question. So I know that a lot of people end up in this situation. if email is not really their main focus, maybe they have a list, maybe it's maybe it's just a buyer's list. it's it's people that are um, uh, getting pushed through from like Shopify when they place an order. Yeah. And people don't maybe do a lot with that regularly. Um, but they want to utilize it for you know to to drive extra sales. Before. yeah. First of all, if it is a buyer's list, that's awesome. Those mm-hmm. are the highest quality leads because they've already demonstrated a willingness to buy. To buy, Yeah, absolutely. So I think I want, I want to take a step back and I'll answer your question. But what I would say is, first of all, there are some really easy things that people can do to avoid this situation in the first place. And it's just putting in place some very key basic automations around your your email marketing that are triggered by specific behaviors. And okay. hey, that sounds fancy but it's it's way simpler than that. Most people I think have have no matter what platform they're using, most people have the ability to turn on an abandoned cart email. Yes, and they should. <laughs>
0: well, um, One, turn on abandoned cart.
1: Turn on abandoned cart. And for extra credit, make it more interesting than the default template. Clavio uses or Shopify uses or whatever. Um, number two, have a, a reasonable welcome series
0: mm-hmm. for
1: people who sign up for your list pre-purchase. Yep. And have a reasonable post-purchase series for the people who come in and find you through their first purchase. Uh, and so, what I actually suggest is is kind of writing up like a like a three part series and then adapting this both for the welcome series and for post-purchase and yeah. the idea is that we just want to we want to kind of begin I don't want to use the word indoctrinate but what we want to do is build some affinity for our brand right like, away
0: build rapport
1: build rapport and, <laughs> <Doctrine>. the, <laughs> and and so kind of the 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 sequence template that I love to use is the very first email should be very basic setting expectations. So if they've signed up for your list um, through some sort of opt-in, you should just say, hey, thanks for signing up for the list.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can expect to receive X number of emails a week or whatever. And here's what the content is like. Yeah. Unsubscribe anytime. Because I know we've all had the experience where we sign up for a list and then Three um, emails later that same day, we're like, wait a minute. This is not what I well, was
0: expecting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so, yeah.
1: So uh, just, just being really transparent. Hey, we send one a week or we send you know, one to two a week or whatever it is. Um, just be upfront about it so that people are not surprised by your sending frequency. So very yeah. simple. Uh, email number two is founder story. So. A lot of people I think are afraid to share themselves with their audience. Like they want to hide behind their logo. And I think that's a huge mistake. People would much rather interact with a person than like a faceless brand. And so yes, for founders who are willing to, to share some of that, like, like why does the brand exist? What's the story behind that? And oftentimes, People have, I mean, usually the founder story is, is pretty cool and interesting. Like there's a reason that we all take on this entrepreneurship life. Like it's not expert. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, This I think is the book that will go through your founder story, your hero journey and how to start laying it out in a welcome sequence. If you're an e-commerce store owner and you are scared off by the, um, people, you know, creating a mass movement of people who will pay for your advice, don't worry this is totally applicable to how to tell your story as an e-commerce brand even if you are not the spokesperson that you're using as the hero or as that as that person exactly
1: but and really good read a lot of people find this really difficult to tease out and it doesn't have to be difficult um shortcut i mean i've known people that that hired a copywriter a couple hundred bucks to basically draw the story out write it up in a way that sounds, you know, it, it, it's, it's just like a shortcut from having to sit down and like type out your founder's story. Sometimes yeah, like just a huge
0: barrier. You know, what also is a hack that I have heard is effective personally have not done it, but, um, there's an AI copywriting software called Jarvis mm-hmm. uh, that is, pff, I live and die by this thing, um, but in it, they have a, uh, a recipe or a template for your hero journey where if you just type in a couple of things, it will actually write your hero's journey for you. And even if you don't use verbatim what it spits out, that's gonna at least start to give you the framework that you can then massage into that final story to be able to tell a cohesive journey that way. So that might be a good prompt for you.
1: For sure, yeah, I'm a big fan of that software (laughs) myself. um
0: so, so good but,
1: and did you say jasper or jarvis I,
0: I, they started with jasper and had to change their name uh, so now
1: it's jasper try. now
0: is it jasper it
1: used to be jarvis but they were worried about it copyrighted it the other it way around Marvel.
0: you're right it is jasper.ai yes
1: yeah i, I still the- tell people the other one too so yes excellent suggestion um the third email in the sequence, I think should be all be about brand values. So talk about mission, talk about values. And what you're trying to do is really form alignment with the people that, that are gonna be long-term fans. Yeah. And the people that aren't, I mean, they might bounce, but that's okay. But be willing to really talk about, like um, explain why your brand deserves to exist. Like, what is it here to do?
0: What's your mission? Like, what are you trying to do on this planet?
1: Yes. Yeah. And a lot of e-commerce brands have not, you know, we haven't asked ourselves that question yet because a lot of us get into this chasing an opportunity, which is fine. But if we can, if we can apply that kind of that, that deeper question and apply that deeper meaning to it, that will tremendously help to build rapport with those in our audience who who resonate with that and those are the people that are going to come back month after month year after year
0: and that's the difference between a drop shipping business and a real brand yes
1: yeah so so now three templates yes so those are the, the three i recommend and if you have that in place then even if you're very infrequently communicating with people it's a little bit easier to, to do a re-engagement campaign because they at least have this foundational understanding of who you are, what you stand for, what you like, how you're here to help them, yeah. right? Um, if you don't have that stuff in place and you do need to do a re-engagement campaign, part of that, I think, should be is telling people who you are, what you stand for, and how you're here to help them. Yeah. So yeah. a lot I- of us kind of default back to this this idea of um i know i'll send it i'll send them a 10 percent discount code and that's like our default communication and back yes and it it, it gets so boring as a customer
0: yeah that kind of stuff um one thing can i add a fourth mandatory automation yes okay so something that we've been doing when cleaning up lists or recommending people do is putting in what's called a sunset flow or an unsubscribe Mm -hmm. sequence so what it is it's a very simple flow that you can set up that will trigger when someone hasn't opened an email in a certain time frame so we do when someone hasn't opened any email in 60 days send this flow and it's two emails sent over five days basically confirming that they still want to be on the list uh and if they don't want to be on the list they get pushed into an unengaged um, list which to maintain list health and make sure that you aren't paying for a bunch of contacts that don't actually want to hear from you um it's gonna be a really great way to just keep your list healthy and constantly kicking out people that have stopped engaging with you Mm
1: -hmm. no that's that's awesome advice
0: um
1: i i i usually manually run those but to put it in as an automation does make complete sense
0: it's just it's something we usually do after we hit ten thousand people on our list and are Mm -hmm. Open rate is so bad compared to, to what it used to be. And you're like, oh, how many thousands of people are we paying for to host their email that don't actually want our emails anymore? So it's just like good practice. It takes 10 minutes, so.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if if you need to re-engage people for Q4, I would start now. Yeah. And I wouldn't send them a 10% discount code
0: right what away. What can you do?
1: <laughs> what I would want to do is if, if people have not received that that welcome series template that we just discussed, I would start rolling those out. Um, and often, if it's been a long time before you've communicated, I think in the first email, it's very um, reasonable and probably a good idea to to acknowledge that fact. To say, hey, I'm sorry that you haven't heard from us in a while. Um, you know, we haven't we haven't communicated well with our email list. We plan to do a better job. Thank you for continuing to open this. And it, you know, if you have, if you have some sort of value give, you know, depending on your brand and you know who you are, what you do, and the problems you solve, can you deliver some value like right up front uh, to people? Train them to open your emails because they're either helpful or entertaining or both. But yeah, you want to train people to open your emails starting now. Give them a reason to open that is going to be relevant for them moving forward.
0: And in terms of a, I just want to circle back to the 10% that it's Mm -hmm. just the easy thing to do, but I think that does the most damage long-term to default to the discount. Mm -hmm. So in terms of value add, you don't need to have like a fancy checklist or a PDF download, but you could just have created a blog or a video that's going into some of the cool initiatives you guys are rolling out or some of the cool products you're rolling out or like a frequently asked question. Like if you have a product that serves runners, can you do a blog on how to recover fast from injury or frequently asked questions that you're getting to say like, Hey, here's a sample of some of the helpful content we're doing. Let me know what you want.
1: Absolutely. If you can engage people, in a way that lets them feel like they're participating in the growth of the brand. That's huge. Because uh, again, the, the people who are, who are highly aligned with your mission are like, they're going to be just bought in. Yeah. And you, you touched on this, but I think great content. Uh, one of the other things that we can do is um, you know, you mentioned Brian Moran at the top and he, yeah. he always talks about documenting the journey and really show like sharing some behind the scenes stuff. About what's involved in creating products, bringing them to life, building a business. You know, as the business owners, sometimes we don't realize how interesting what we do is to the rest of the world, who has no clue what goes on behind the scenes in in uh, you know a, a small business. Like mm-hmm, a right. And it's it's the people that I see implement this well. It it actually it's fantastic content. People eat it up. And again, it lets them feel like they're involved with the growth and and building of a brand. And so like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they are invested in your success. They are the ones who buy everything that you offer.
0: Yeah. And you know what's interesting is the behind the scenes, I feel that that's a mindset thing that a lot of store owners, especially in the beginning, don't want to share because they feel like, Maybe it's not interesting, but another thing is all they see is failure. They, The whole journey is them figuring out how to talk to influencers, getting rejected, going through this really painful learning curve until they start to get some traction for their product. And a lot of people don't want to show that on social media because they feel like failures or they want to wait until they've hit seven figures and have something to feel worthy over. And so sharing the journey in the beginning or when you're going through a hard season can be challenging because you're like well look at all these other cool e-commerce brands i just look like a sob story so i'm just not going to bother and i think that it's really important to get over that and a really good account to follow if you want to see behind the scenes of a great product launch is damian law with his like i don't know the name of his brand but um if you just find him he launched like a sleep, a sleep snack company
1: yeah, Ethan, good
0: snacks. Yes, and I saw the whole journey on TikTok, LinkedIn. He shared the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think that if you if you are held back from sharing your journey, sometimes you just need to see an example of another account that did it and the validation they got from that to give you permission to do it as well.
1: So hundred percent. And I I think another important thing, just in terms of like. How we frame this in our own mind is if we are creating a brand and creating products, being truly interested in serving our customers through them, then when we document our journey, what we're documenting is all the hardships that we're going through for the sake of our customers. Yes. And instead of the hardships we're going through to line our own pockets, right? And that mindset shift, uh, it makes the content much more interesting and relevant to the people watching it because it's like you're showing what you're doing for them. Yeah. And I mean, people's most interesting topic of conversation usually is themselves, right? That's mm-hmm. just yeah. our favorite. As, as, favorite. Yeah. As a marketer, I can tell you that's true. <laughs> um, so, so always framing things in the context of, you know, this is what I'm creating for you and here's what I'm going through to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: makes on, on one hand, it kind of takes the pressure off the founder, the content creator about being vulnerable. It's like, if you can kind of, it, it lets you detach your ego from it a little bit. Cause it's, it, it's like your own worth or value is not necessarily tied up in this endeavor. You're doing this endeavor for other people, right? Yes. So number one, it makes it easier for the founder to, to maybe share the things that are more difficult to share. But number two, it makes that content more consumable by the the end user, the customer, because it's about them Mm -hmm. and not about
0: you. The real human struggle is something we can't stop paying attention to. Like Hollywood was built on this. It's how you tell the story. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You and I could talk for a long time, but we're running out of time. So one topic I did want to get to is not talked about a lot is email deliverability. And this is actually a hidden killer where you go through all this work, but what if people aren't receiving your emails because they're going into the spam box? Um, Greg, do you ha- what would you say? I'd love to talk about two tips, that two things you'd recommend to help improve deliverability.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, this is really important because it- I think people have a lack of awareness about this. And like you said, it can just kill people out of the gate. Um, and this is this is especially important for brand new accounts. Um, so first of all, what is deliverability? When you send an email and it goes into people's Outlook folders and Gmail folders, where does it land? Does it land in their primary inbox? Is it in the promotions tab or is it in a junk folder? Because where it lands impacts whether or not people see it, right? So if you have really bad open rates out of the gate, it may not be that your subject lines are terrible. It may be because your email is going to junk and nobody sees it. So what can we do to get our emails put in the inbox? Um, I'm actually creating an entire mini course about this, but I'm going to share like the top two tips that I have to, uh, to help people get going. So number one, there is a really cool free tool that people can use to, pre- to like preview send, right? Mail-tester.com. Okay.
0: In the comments. Yes.
1: Right. So if what you can do before you send your email to your entire list, you can send a preview email to 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 an email that that, that website gives you, and then they will evaluate your email and where they think it will land, scale from one to 10. And they assess a lot of different factors, email content, um some like technical stuff having to do with your domain whether or not you're on a blacklist uh, all really relevant stuff if you have a score of like anything below eight yeah out of ten then that means you're probably going to have problems and it will give you very specific diagnostic information about what you start what what you need to do to fix it so mail-tester.com it's an awesome resource um you can you can send you can pre-send every single email you send to check it and you know give have a reasonable assurance that that's gonna help it
0: Would on. it be where you say build it in clavio and then send a preview to yes. this service?
1: 100 yes. percent
0: Yes. Okay. Okay, so make tester.com. Yes. Okay. Just
1: and right then there. number two is in the emails that we send our list. We can um, we can ask them to do some things that help us to land in the inbox the next time, and so. A couple of very simple things Um, one of one of the things that's very effective is asking people to reply when people reply to an email it trains their inbox that that sender is important. And so it you might not get like automatically whitelisted but that it, it definitely helps and so in the welcome series. In that post purchase series. I love to put in a easy and relevant reason for people to hit reply. Mm -hmm. Don't get fancy. uh, Don't ask them to type out a big, long story in my own email newsletter. I literally say hit reply. Don't type anything. And then click send this helps my next email to end up in your inbox. Love it. So for some brands, maybe you don't want to be like quite that explicit about what's going on, but ask them to reply. If you get replies, that will help deliverability 100%.
0: Love it. Or even something in that first email, as simple as, yeah, PS reply, let me know you got this.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: So um, I love that. What about people clicking links in the email? Does that help?
1: Yes, it does. Especially if they're clicking links. So the way I like to do this is uh, you know, if they're clicking a link to um to content or or whatever else, I'd like that first link click to go to my own domain. yes, that 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 Clavio recognizes as so that that helps in a number of ways. But yes, link clicks indicate that again, this email is important, right? It, it spurred yeah. an action. It spurred engagement. Um, if you put links, in your email, I don't use a link shortener like Bitly that masks the destination URL because that can sometimes get you flagged as spam. So, you know, use a button, use an unmasked hyperlink so that it's very obvious to people where they're going. Um, Good tip. Yes, but link clicks are great.
0: Awesome. Um, I know there's loads of other things, but uh, Greg does have a ton of great resources on email deliverability and overall email strategies. So if, and I understand you have a course coming out on this, if people want to learn actually how to take control of their email and email should get you 10 to 20% of your revenue. And most brands it's about two to five. So there's a lot of money that can be made from your email list.
1: Yeah. When you get this, Working well, it's it's just an amazing experience to click a button and have thousands of dollars show up. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's so powerful. Uh, and again, like the 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 main value I believe is in cultivating lifelong fans, people who are going to follow you wherever you go, whatever you do, people who are excited about what you're creating and want everything. They want one of everything. Yes, so that's what we're after Um, so my website is emailmagic.com. awesome I have a weekly newsletter where I just brain dump stuff uh, usually helpful once a week if (laughs) anybody wants to check that out, and I am creating a uh, a, a deliverability mini course and depending on when people listen to this, um, it may be completely finished or it might still be in beta at you know I, I have a beta version released right now, but in any case. Uh, we will have a very special offer for your listeners to where they can get um, access to that content um, at a great deal
0: so what we're going to do we greg and i haven't figured out how that works yet so go if you're on youtube watching this go um to the description for email deliverability or greg you're going to see something near the top close to this video if you don't see that um shoot us a quick email at hello at launchandscale.co, subject line, Greg, G-R-E-G, and we'll get you the details. Simple enough. Awesome, well, Greg, do you have, is there anything else you think that I should have asked you today?
1: Oh, gosh, Um, no. Uh, Sometimes people ask me my favorite color, it's green. Uh, Other than that, I think we covered everything
0: like forest green lime green
1: right in the middle right in the middle primary color
0: is this right in the middle
1: that is maybe slightly brighter it's close enough it's close enough i like close enough
0: i like it though right in the middle good primary color we're getting so fancy with all these different shades Oh man. Okay, well this was awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. And guys, if you have any follow-up questions for Greg, be sure to give him a shout out in the comments and answer and we'll answer any questions. Kate, okay. thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit subscribe on your mobile device and for more resources and information on how you can launch and scale your e-commerce business online, be sure to go to launchandscale.co and we've also got a ton of free actionable content available on TikTok and YouTube. Just be sure to go to either platform, search for Kirsten, my name, K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N. Apart from that, we'll see you in the next episode. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like The Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launchpad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launchpad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.